You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. And so I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us, to help us, the living, do what we are charged to do in our time. I call out to those who lived well and died well to help us understand how to step up as the living in our own time to do what needs to be done to create a brighter future for our descendants. And as these ancestors gather around us and begin to lean in, let us reach through the humans and to those much older ancestors, to the plants, to the animals, to the elemental energies, and let's reach in particular to the mountains around the world, the mountains, the deep, deep ancient ones that have been here long before there were people and will be here long after. We call out to all of these spirits in the great fabric of life. We call out to you to be with us here today to help us to remember who are we in our true nature as human beings? What is our place in this great web of life? And how can each one of us bring our gifts to bear in a way that is truly good for all living things? And we ask you ancient, ancient ones, to help us to remember that which abides, that which does matter when we die, that which will go with us, that which shapes the very fabric of our own souls. And we ask you, those non-human ancestors, to gather around to help us to do what we need to do in a good way. And as these ancestral energies gather around us to help us, Let's gather ourselves from wherever we might be into our head, from our head to our heart, from our heart to our belly, and take a moment and reach out to the earth herself and give gratitude for this day. Take a moment and give big thanks for the fact that you are alive, and as long as you are breathing, you have the opportunity to participate in change in your own life and in the lives of others. We give enormous gratitude for diversity for beauty, and for that possibility of change. And with great, great hearts filled with thanks for the earth herself, let us send our energy down through all the layers of the earth, reaching deeply for the very center to anchor ourselves firmly there in the center of the earth and shift our awareness to reach out for those qualities of power that gain their strength from darkness, from stillness and silence and solitude. These energies that replenish, that restore and renew us. And we reach deeply into these energies of the earth to draw this energy up, up through all the layers of the earth and into our body. And in this way, we call up that which nourishes, that which is before all of the abundance here 
on the face of the earth. We call up the wisdom of manifestation and how to be here in form in a good way. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to learn to truly understand our sovereignty, who we are, where we stand, what we stand for, what has heart and meaning in our life, and may we please build our life based on these things that have heart and meaning to us. Let us open our door to those who appear to be other. Let's invite them to our table, set a place for them, and let us invite those who are different than we are to share who they are. And may those differences provoke all of us to become better versions of ourselves, more true to our understanding of this one human family. And may the earth continue to help us to understand how to connect to the many aspects within ourselves, with each other, with our environment, with the invisible world. And may we learn through this connection and interconnection how to tune into the great web of life and to take a sense from our place in that great oneness, to take from that that sense of right relationship with ourselves. And from that awareness, let us reach our energy up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind to reach all the way up into the sky, whatever weather it holds for you as you are listening, out through the atmosphere and out in the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe, manifest in so many beautiful radiant bodies radiating these energies down to us. So by whatever way you understand this energy, whatever name you call it, call out, reach out, connect with this energy, allow it to connect with you and draw this energy down, down through all the layers of the sky. And in this way, call into your day, call into your body, call into these proceedings, the essence energy of blessing, the energy of protection energy that becomes mentoring and champions and that ability to be here for each other in a good way to show up and express our loving kindness and our support to each other and we call out to this energy to help us to feel inspiration and illumination and to feel the benevolence of the universe and as we call this energy down bringing it down through our body down all the way to the center of the earth let us feel that connection of earth and sky these two great legendary lovers and let the big love that is the essence of that energy awaken the spirit of your own human heart and in that heart as it wakes up here today bring that crucible of transformation online drawing up the fiery passions of your belly that know why you are here and down the crystal clarity of your mind that can figure out how you're going to do that in this time and let these energies mix and merge and dance there in the heart to give birth to this third and most sacred thing which is your own memory your own sense your own instinct for why you are here And may you reach deeply into your beautiful human heart and find the courage that you need to do something in this day, large or small, to bring your own gifts to the world. And I give great gratitude for all the spirit help that we all have, known and unknown, that assist us in bringing those gifts to share with others. 
Today, I'd like to give special thanks to all of you who were able to join me live at in the Moving to Deep Water events, the original event and the Encore event. I want to thank you for taking your time and energy to join me to talk about how it is that we could begin to deepen our experience in life and our practice so that we can show up in a way that begins to change the very foundation of the things that are not right in our world. 650 people registered, and I am so grateful for all of you that that many people were, were um, believe in the possibility that we really could make a change. And I just think, what if all 650 of you did go forward with me in these online classes? What a change that we could make. So for the nourishment to my heart of all of you who said yes, I'm deeply, deeply grateful. So today, speaking of people that are making a serious effort to create change in our world, today we have Itzhak Berry joining us to talk about um, a new event, never been done before, called the Andes Summit. Welcome, Itzhak. Thank you for having me here. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah. So Itzhak is an internationally recognized shamanic healer and teacher. He is initiated in... Um, Andean and Amazonian shamanic traditions and has trained extensively with elders from South and North America. He is an accomplished visual artist and owner of an award-winning advertising agency in New York City. Itzhak is the founder of shamanportal.org and the co-founder of the New York Shamanic Circle. He is on the faculty of the New York Open Center and his work has been featured in the New York Times, films, TV, webinars, and the Evolver Network um, and also Shift Network. Itzhak is the author of three very accessible books on shamanism um, and we have uh, podcasts in the archives of Itzhak talking about the books. And so you can um, go to Why Shamanism Now, to the guest section, look for Beery, B-E-E-R-Y, and click on his name and you'll find access to all the podcasts that we have done uh, with Itzhak as a guest. And so here we are again. We are not live today. Sorry about that, everybody. But you are still welcome to email me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org if you have questions. But I would suggest that you uh, email Itzhak um, if you have questions about uh, the topic here today. And you can go to um, itzhakberry.com. So I-T-Z. I mean, how many of you get to have a Z in your name? That is so cool. (laughs) Anyway, Itzhakberry, I-T-Z-H-A-K-B-E-E-R-Y.com. And uh, you can reach Itzhak through his website or just at iberry at gmail.com with questions about the summit. But it's really easier for y'all to just go to theandesummit.com and um, you'll have all of your questions answered there. So, Itzhak, the -hmm. Andes Summit is a huge and beautiful undertaking. Um, And we, uh, people... Uh, have been speaking for decades about the ancient Inca prophecy of the eagle and the condor and the new Pachacuti, a period of 500 years of correction of time and space, marks a time when the eagle of the north and the condor of the south will fly together in peace and harmony in the same clear skies and in this sea returned of the feminine energies. So it is a vision of a new society based on harmony, 
the honoring of diversity and a shared evolution towards wisdom and the subtleties of life. Subtleness of life. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. So this prophecy has been addressed for decades now. And so let's start with talking about how you feel this particular summit is stepping in in some way into that prophecy. Well, thank you first for inviting me to speak to all of you or the audience. Um, well, in 1993, there was uh, the new Pachacuti began. Uh, it was 500 years after the uh, um, assassination of uh, Atwalpa, the king of the Inca. <clears throat> and at that time, uh, many of the shamans from the Amazon and from uh, the the high mountains of Ecuador, Peru, the, the whole Inca uh, kingdom, uh, came out out of their caves and, and uh, darkness, uh, and they knew that they said, this is the time to share their wisdom uh, and to, to share their teaching because uh, a new period begins, like uh, Christine, like, like exactly the way you said it. Um, and you can see that from that around that time, um, the proliferation of uh, shamanism in, uh, became, took a, a, a big step uh, forward in the Western world. Um, and we are all, uh, all the people who are doing this kind of work, really uh, hearing the call to do that. And um, I'm so glad that the, uh, the Yachaks or the shamans of the Andes, they agreed to, uh, to come together in one place uh, in on the Andes to share this wisdom with people from all over the world. Um, and I think that is so essential uh, for us, for the people of the North and the Western uh, civilization to listen carefully to what these uh, indigenous wisdom keepers have to teach us. Uh, and um, I, I hope that this uh, conference um, will will initiate a new commitment to the earth and to the earth healing and to our civilization because as we uh, see so clearly happening now in all over the world that, that is, a, is a, a rapid destruction of the social fabric of our, our societies and that brings a, 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 a destruction of nature all around us um, and if we ever going to leave anything to our grandchildren, it is essential that we will listen to the people who keep wisdom. Um, and I know that there is a lot of uh, different way of uh, uh, thinking about the environmental crisis and the social crisis, but I, I actually go to the, the biggest shaman of all, Albert Einstein, who said that uh, you can't really resolve an, uh, a problem with the same mind that created it. And I think that it, we are now have a chance to go to people who uh, kept that ancient knowledge uh, for thousands of years, and they can give us a fresh reminder of what we knew once, that we can actually do take steps to um, recorrect time and space. It's very, 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 very important for us. 
So, Itzhak, share with everyone why you personally are doing this. There's a there's a personal <laughs> commitment in this. Uh, yes, uh, you know, I I came to um, I came to Ecuador for the first time in 1997 on a trip with John Perkins. Uh, I have no I had no idea what shamanism was, uh, or very little of it. I the only I, I took a class with Michael Harner. Uh, a, a year before that, but I was, and I was, I got really excited about it, but have no concept. And when I went there and I met uh, Jose Joaquin Pineda from Iluman, from the Andes, and I met other shamans there and I did some ceremonies in the jungle with the Shuar people, I, 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 there's something like a veil came out of my eyes. I started to see reality in the way it really is. Um, and in many ways, I um, made a commitment to uh, the spirit of uh, ayahuasca or to the spirit of the jungle to do this kind of work to uh, promote uh, uh, understanding of their wisdom and to make sure that, that their wisdom will keep on living. Um, and uh, so... The, the Andes uh, Summit came out of this personal commitment that I made 22 years ago mm -hmm. uh, uh, to, um, to uh, spread the, um, the wisdom of uh, the indigenous people, not because I feel pity for them, not because I feel that there is something um, wrong there. I, I think that I feel pity for us, for our civilization that we are not uh, awakened, we are not, uh, we have, a, we have a, another model uh, to handle our political and so social uh, and economical and uh, environmental issues, and we don't do that. Uh, we are living the same nightmare, like uh, John Perkins used to say. Uh, and um, last year when I was in, uh, visiting with my group, uh, the, the shamans in the Andes, Jose Joaquin, uh, invited me to say, why don't you bring the, the, Amer the Americans or the Westerners to come to visit us instead of us coming to visit them? <laughs> and, and I said, wow, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a too big of an idea. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And then, uh, you know, I was on, uh, I was on that trip with uh, Michael Stone, and um, I told Michael, and, and I said, listen, you know, he asked me to do that. And I said, uh, and I didn't know if I should do it or not. And he thought it was a great idea. But, you know, the idea was just too big to produce, to, to put myself into it. And um, I kind of surrendered to, to that idea and to, um, to creating that uh, conference. And, it, and, and it's shaping up in, incredibly beautiful. So... Let's talk just a little bit about the value of actually going and being this idea of why don't you bring the Westerners here? I mean, it's not like there aren't, you know, hundreds of people that haven't been flocking to Ecuador and Peru and various places to learn about shamanism. I mean, more so now than ever and yeah. to some extent to – to problematic ends, but anyway, well, I, you know, you I, know, I, I think that there are, there are two there are two uh, issues here. One of them is that a lot of people are going to uh, Ecuador 
Brazil or to uh, Peru, but they are going for the, for the wrong reasons. They're going to do ayahuasca ceremony or plant medicine, and they think that this is shamanism. And it's, it's, it's truly uh, not uh, correct, and, uh, and um, it could be also dangerous. I believe that uh, there is a bigger picture of, of shamanism, and, and the, the shamans of the Andes can really give them that idea. So that's one part. And the other, the other part is that many people who are in the Western world that are practicing shamanism, they are practicing uh, some kind of a shamanism, that, but they never really met or worked with indigenous shamans. And I know that there is a big argument about, um, you know, spirit teaching us. We don't need to, to learn from indigenous uh, people. All, all we have to do is just do a journey on a drum and, and, um, and then we are fine. But I truly believe, maybe because of my own experience, because uh, I was apprentice of, of these shamans, uh, to, uh, that there is an uh, intimate connection with this shamanic or indigenous culture uh, wisdom, if you are traveling and being in those areas where it's practiced for thousands of years, it is not something that of knowledge, it's not that you may not know more details, but you're going to have a lot more feelings, more emotions, more, more connection to the mountains, to the air, like, like everything that you, you called on before. You feel that, and the the intimate experience of the elements and the the ancient ancient way of healing is irreplaceable. And I really want to give that gift to people who never had that chance, mm-hmm. or people who have done either of these other things and found it not quite satisfying whatever it is that they were looking for that's right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so so let's just talk a little bit about i mean it sounds to me that part of what you're offering for people is the understanding um that shamanism isn't just a set of forms or practices or working with a particular plant medicine, but that it is actually an entire cosmology and a way of living that emerges out of um, embodying that cosmology. And then out of that way of living comes practices and rituals and ceremonies. And so these particular powerful items like journeying or doing ayahuasca fit within this much larger context and these things are perhaps not really um, big enough to be called shamanism without their shamanic context. Is that kind of what you're saying? I uh, absolutely, I agree with that. And, you know, it's very hard to, uh, everybody knows what ice cream is, but, you know, until you actually taste it, you can't really experience ice cream, and it's the same thing with uh, shamanism. You can, you can, you can practice it in your own kitchen or in your own uh, home, uh, but unless you are stepping into the mountain and still you t- until you smell the smell of the the herbs, the plants, the uh, trago, the the uh, you do 
La Limpia, uh, you do the sound healing, uh, you being in the environment that you really understand the depth, the, the, um, uh, the beauty of all of it. And then it's so beautiful that you can bring it back to our life, to our life here in the Western world. And that really gives you, like, give any shaman, any person who is practicing any kind of shamanism, a, a, a bigger depth of understanding of, and practicing of the ancient uh, wisdom. It's not enough to read books. It's not in, and I wrote three of them, so I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's not enough. I mean, it's okay. It's nice. But it, they don't smell. They don't feel the same way as when somebody spray that drug over you and you can feel the, the, the changes of, of the energy. It doesn't feel the same when you actually watch another person going through uh, a healing and remove um, uh, entity out of that, them. Uh, it, does, it doesn't feel the same when you are in, in a room with, uh, in a cave where you have uh, the sound healing and you really feel like you are connecting to the womb of the mother. It, it's, it doesn't feel the same um, it, uh, as we do it here in the Western world. And it's so important for me that people who are practicing shamanism on a daily basis or in any kind of shamanic circles or anybody who is interested in shamanism will go to the source, will go to the places where that is not something new, that is not something that is exotically uh, new agey, but it's an it's a everyday practice. And it's, like you said, it's not, it's, it's embedded in the everyday life of the people there, in, in the way they raise their children, in the way they educate their children in schools. And we're going to have a woman there who going to talk about the, uh, a new, a new old school that they created in Quito for indigenous children, which is such an example for new education. How uh, uh, only one family can open up a school that accept children from all tribes in their languages and in their cultural um, differences and create a, a curriculum that celebrate their differences, celebrate their variety of languages and teaches it through agriculture. And it's quite beautiful. It's mesmerizing. It, you know, it gives us a whole new perspective of our own life and our own way of raising children. And, you know, I raised children and I, after I came back from <laughs> these trips, I changed the way I, I raised them because I saw that there is another possibility of not saying, no, 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 you're a bad boy. There is another way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in, in the same way, it's, just, it's about ra uh, uh, agriculture. How do you raise your crops? So everything that we, we see, we will see there in, with the shaman, it's a really teaching for life. And you can't do that. Uh, when you bring the shamans to um, Baltimore or to California or to New York, because they are they are out of their elements, we have to come to make a pilgrimage to where the source of that knowledge exists. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you say that, but even in a very small version of that, um, 
So I live in Oregon and, and parts of my family have been here for four generations before me and they've only been colonizing white people here for about that many generations. Mm-hmm. And um, But still, it is the place, the spirits of the land, you know, the place mm-hmm. that my family currently calls home. And as you know, you know, my whole shamanic thing happened in New York. And I traveled constantly wherever anybody wanted to do the work. I was willing to go for the first, you know, 15 years of my practice. And it wasn't until I moved back to the Pacific Northwest, but then finally moving back to Portland, that I had that feeling of coming home from a shamanic perspective Mm -hmm. and being back with the spirits of the land that had witnessed my birth. And, you know, and and there's, there's not the tradition that you're talking about behind this. It's just one life. But in that one life, feeling what happened to my shamanic practice, when I put it back where it belonged, back where it really began. Mm -hmm. And, and so people, you know, like, well, Christina, come back to New York. And I just lost my stomach for mm. that travel and, and having it be so portable. I mean, it's important to be able to do that because you don't want to be prissy, right? <laughs> you got to be able to do the work where the work's needed. But at the same time, I realized, especially as I was aging, that I wanted to stay where I belonged and let the spirits of the land and the cosmology that I work within and the practices all begin to begin, you know, begin that thing you're talking about these people having because they've had it there for thousands of years, but someone has to start somewhere, right? (laughs) So I just want to echo that is that even, even in a, in one life, just a lifetime, not even a whole lifetime, I could feel that difference. So imagine if you multiply that by thousands of years and many, many, many practitioners all moving in the same cosmology, the same teachings. I mean, they're all unique in their own way, but they share that world, that Mm -hmm. shamanic world. I mean, the power behind that is unimaginable to somebody, particularly a Westerner, living in North America. Now, it's not unimaginable to a native person living in North America, granted, but it's unimaginable. It's not the same. It's absolutely not the same to pluck these amazing people out of their environment and, as you said, bring them to Baltimore or New York or <laughs> Kansas or whatever. It's, and they're still amazing people. Yes. The teachings are still amazing. Like you said, you know, the information is transferable through other means, but it is not the same. Yeah. As putting your body, your heart, your mind, your spirit in the middle of that whole cosmology and all the spirits of the land that, um, and I mean that in the broadest sense, all the spirits yeah. of the land that taught the people that what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, I have to tell you that these people, that these 10 shamans that are going to be at the, uh, the, the summit, they are all very powerful very knowledgeable. Some of them are doing it 60 years, <laughs> mm-hmm. 50 years. They are, they are really the, the oldest uh, living uh, teachers, yachaks, they are, sti- they are still here. And it's such a uh, privilege to be able to sit next to them and hear them. But I think that what's so beautiful about them for me personally is that their ability to open their heart 
And the way they communicate uh, with you, and sometimes you you may not understand their Quechua or their their Spanish, but you you do understand their heart. They they and they see you for who you are. You truly are. They're not. They don't see what you do. They don't see how much money you have. They all they care is how your heart feels. Is it if your heart is open? And I have to tell you that the people that I take uh, the groups to uh, Ecuador to meet with them, something happened, and it's so hard to really put a finger on it, but something happened. It is almost like a permission to open up like a flower. Your heart is opening to receive and to be acknowledged as the healer you are. And um, I can't tell you how many people doing meeting with, with these yachaka shamans and then their life change they are making different choices uh, they are ma- making more commitment for healing for uh, what's really important um, it's it's such a beautiful uh, personally it's such a beautiful thing for me to see uh, people are changing in front of the eyes um, when they're meeting these shamans in the ecuador Well, and it seems that this heart opening, changing the way you do what you do, uh, you know, is a valuable thing. I mean, I'd like to see that happening for lawyers and politicians, (laughs) right? And everybody. Absolutely. So so in many ways, it it is, I mean, it's certainly beautiful for healers because Lord knows we need affirmation in what it is that we're doing. But it seems to me that that experience of heart opening and affirmation of doing what you're here to do and then doing it in a different way, you know, that seems like everybody should come on down. <laughs> really? Well, um, it's yeah. true because I really believe that people who are practicing shamanism or pre- people who are interested in shamanism should really make this pilgrimage of meeting with those indigenous people as a way of opening their heart and changing the way they practicing. You can't practice the same way again after that because you can actually feel the authenticity, the reality, the, 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 the roots to the mountain, the roots, the connection to the, to the plants and to the herbs and to the, to the uh, fire and to the, <laughs> to the rocks. Uh, it is, it's unexpected. You can't really explain it. You can only feel it. And it's such a, it's such a deeper, deeper understanding of what shamanic healing is, what shamanic relationships are, uh, the shamanic relationship to the earth and the connection that, that bond that you're talking to the, to the birth uh, place of, 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 uh, of you or in Oregon. It, you know, it's so deep in every uh, in every conversation, in every um, in every uh, moment in in the Andes. It's they they are part of that mountain, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really, really amazing. So, Isak, how were these ten yachaks um, selected, or how 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 did you you know vet? I mean, there's a, you know there's a lot yeah. of challenge around who's real in a sense with all of the ayahuasca tourism so how did you how did this group of 10 yachak come together for this event well um 20 years ago i was initiated into the circle of the 24 yachaks 
And uh, when I asked Jose Joaquin, who are those 24 Yachaks? <laughs> I didn't realize that it's a more of a concept, more it's more of a virtual. Uh, and so the, 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 the 24 Yachak is a, is a, is a 20, the circle of 24 elders. Uh, Yachak means um, uh, an elder, or, um, or in, in, in their language, it's called the, the birdman, the person who can go up into the sky and uh, connect to the spirits. Uh, so I wanted to, crea- to create, recreate that circle. And so I chose people that, uh, that I had a, a, a great fortune to meet and to also have uh, practice with to have a uh, healing sessions with it. There's, I I had sessions with all ten of them, and I have to tell you that if I felt that one of them is not authentic, I, he would not be in that circle. But there are some people there who are like Maria Juana. Uh, she is uh, in her mid seventies. She's doing this amazing work for, I mean, for uh, for sixty years or more. Uh, she's a very well-known uh, doula and um, uh, midwife that works with women who can't uh, conceive, who changes people's health on the uh, in in magical way. Uh, and then you have Jose Joaquin, who he's a fifth-generation shamans, uh, and he works with so many people from all over the world who come to see him and. Um, we have uh, Don Esteban Tamayos and his two sons who are generational generations of, of uh, healers. And they are all in their late 70s. Uh, and we have uh, Alberto Tazzo, who is um, he's called the, uh, the Jesus of the Andes. He's like a very wise, wise person and amazing healer um, and speaker. And Jose Kimbo, who is a great um healer with sound and he's going to be teaching something that is so uniquely um, to the Andes, uh, the, the wisdom of the uh, condor or the, or the seven principles of the, of, of raising children and community in the Andes um, based on the, uh, on the condor's uh, flight. Um, and uh, Oscar Santilan, who is uh, a great uh, musician and Takisami uh, healer who uh, is uh, also a great teacher of, of agriculture. And Susanna Tapia Leon, who is an amazing woman who works with opening the feminine heart. Uh, and Clemence, who is a powerful, powerful Yachak uh, from Peguche. So that all of them are, um, are oh, uh, and, and uh, Hacho. Hacho, who is a, an amazing um, Yachak who is uh, so verse, well-versed with uh, the cultural significance of the movement of the Andes. It's a body movement, very much like um, what we call Qigong or other uh, Tai Chi, but it, they are all based on the connection to the earth and the moon and to the sky and to the cosmos. Um, he is a fantastic, beautiful teacher, dancer, uh, ceremonialist, and, and a healer too. So there is a, it's a group of people that are by itself. It's it's a, uh, for each one of them is is a wonderful thing to see. But to to be together and to uh, be able to hear them 
share their knowledge and teaching, it's, it's just a, I think that it's also very rare that if you go by yourself to Ecuador to meet even one of those, uh, it's, it's a, it's a rare opportunity, but it, to have all, all 10 of them and to, to be able to go and to have healing session uh, with them uh, and choose which one you want to do, it's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. It's such a gift, which I, I personally want to share it with anybody who is uh, interested in, in, in self-improvement, in creating balance and unleashing its own power um, with working with these beautiful shamans. And so it sounds not only have the shamans themselves uh, have such a powerful, I don't know, I guess in Western world we would say body of work, such a powerful mm-hmm. reputation and demonstration of yeah. their um, gifts and their renown and accepted by their people as well. Well, that's the, that's the key. You know, uh, um, in the in the indigenous world, shamanism or the shamanic healing or shamanic practice is judged by this by the community, uh, and a shaman is considered a, a powerful shaman if it creates results, if he heals people. So these ten people are very well known to actually change people's life, or heal people from heal people and cure people from diseases or uh, you could not survive as a shaman as a practitioner (laughs) (laughs) if you're if you're not creating the the results that people expect you so those people that are coming they are they have such a great body of work like you said that proven their um their power and so this is one of the things that people are not necessarily aware of um, or naive to, I guess, is is that there can be people who can look the part of the shaman <laughs> because of the ayahuasca tourism yeah. influence in the region and work with someone who is not accepted by their people as a practitioner, who is not – doesn't have this decades-long – body of work and is not not someone that the people themselves would respect and go to as a as a as a healer and yeah. that and that this is something i think that westerners don't really appreciate uh, I, I mean i think you know it's it's funny but i think there's a way in which westerners don't expect people of other cultures to be as deceitful and backhanded as they are it's like no, they're they're just as capable of fooling you as you would be of fooling them. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so so I that's important for people's safety yeah. and for people's understanding of what they would really be signing on for is that these yeah. are people that not only you have worked with over a couple decades, but these are people who are respected by their own people for more decades, frankly, than I've been alive. So <laughs> well, that's that's a long time. But <laughs> right, and as you said, to go all this way to work with one of these individuals would be amazing. Yeah. But to go and have access to 
all of them. And what I'm really hearing uh, that I that I'm happy to hear, does my heart well to hear, is that we are not just going with the idea of I want to go to this amazing shaman so they can tell me I'm a shaman, but we're going to learn how to raise our children better, oh. differently, how to raise our crops differently, how to open to um, the energies of our human life of various kinds in different ways. And this to me um, is an extremely valuable part of what you're offering in the Andy summit. Yes. Yes. It's the bigger uh, picture. You know, a lot of people are calling me and saying, um, and I'm sure for you too, they says, Oh, I went to a reader and this reader said that I'm a shaman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, okay, so what are you going to do about it? Uh, it, It's not, it's it's good news that you are a shaman or that you have the ability to become shamans because Ipupiara, my teacher, my my late teacher, used to say that we are all shamans in training. That's not that's not unusual that you you have the power of shamanism. What's really important is what do you do with it? How do you make other people's uh, dreams come true? How do you make the world better for your children or for your community? You know, we are all going going back to the same uh, uh, definition of what a shaman is, and um, in the in the Tungus tradition, where the, this word come from, according to the Tungus shaman that I uh, asked about, he said that the the, the, the meaning of uh, the word shaman is the keeper of the fire, and it is a, it's such an important concept to understand. That it's not just if you know how to heal. It's not just if you know how to vision. It's not just all of that. It's what do you do with that to keep the, the, the integrity and the well-being of the community, the physical, emotional, spiritual well-being of the community. That is when you become a shaman. And all of those shamans, the 10 people that are I chose to be there in that, they are all real shamans because they're all community leaders. They all around community, they're all taking care of other people. And not only that, they are uh, visionary in their own way. They are committed to, to, uh, to educate people, to help people, to change the world for the better. That, that I think that is so important to understand that these are very passionate people they all uh, not just doing it for money or for you know any other because they have to do that. They ha- they have to. Uh, this is their life mission. Beautiful. All right. So before we run out of time, let's do a couple basic things. So, if people were to join you on this adventure, where are they going? Where is it <clears throat> happening? Well, it's happening um, in Ecuador, um, in the area where is the very famous in uh, Yachacuna, which is the shamanic tradition of uh, the Andes. Um, it's an uh, area, it's called Ota- around Otavalo. Otavalo is the largest city, uh, indigenous city in, um, in the north of Ecuador. Um, and we have a, be- we rented a beautiful hotel, it's called um, uh, <clears throat> Chola V, and Chola V is a, a beautiful hotel. It's not too fancy, but it's very nice. Uh, where we will have all the teaching there, 
Um, and then, so you basically, you fly to Quito and from Quito, we will pick you up and we'll bring you there. It's a two hours uh, drive from uh, the airport. And we're going to bring you into Ibarra or Ibarra, which is a, a, a city close to uh, Otavalo. Uh, that's where the conference will be. And then uh, we're going to have a few days of teaching or master classes from all of those shamans. And you can choose wherever you want to go and whoever your heart tells you to go. And then you, then we will do uh, two days of healing where you can go from whatever healer you want to go to. And you will be, most of those shamans we're going to, uh, most of the healing will be done in the shaman's home which is a very different experience than in doing it in hotel room or in some kind of a conference tape, uh, room. Um, it's a, you will actually feel the power of that generations uh, <laughs> uh, as you have uh, been done healing. It's beautiful. Uh, and then uh, we're going to, we are doing it in, uh, in, the, um, in the Inti Raimi's celebration, which is the celebration of the sun uh, in June. So we're going to be going to the villages and we're going to uh, spend the day uh, celebrating with the indigenous. We're going to be dancing in the streets, uh, drinking and eating and, and sharing uh, their, their tradition. Uh, and um, it, it's such a beautiful experience. I, I just did it this June. Uh, it really changed the way I, I, I look at dancing and music and <laughs> uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they dance for three days and it, very small little steps and they go in circles and circles and circles. And um, it's, it's such a beautiful experience because you really go into trance. Uh, you go into connection with spirit or the mountains and uh, everywhere. And it, it, it's irreplaceable experience. And, and again, not to do it in, uh, in New York or other cities, like we are doing it as indigenous, but we are with the indigenous. And it's this, to see the glee in their eyes, their smiles as they accept you as foreigners, uh, to, because it's so important for them to be, um, to, to see that you are part of them, that you accept their, their culture, they will open your heart, their heart to you, and it, you open a, their, your heart to them. It was just amazing, beautiful. So there is a lot of uh, it's. It's I call it cultural immersion because it's. Uh, I I try to bring all the aspects of the Andes cultures together. I wanted to say one more thing before we close. Is that uh, one of the reason, uh, one of the mission of the Andes is also to show the young generation the son and the daughters and the grandson of the daughters of uh, granddaughters of the yachaks of the shamans that people in the west really value their uh, wisdom the teaching of their grandparents and not just value but they are willing to come and support it with their money with their bodies and be part of that and i tell you uh, personally that i i i know people who were born when I first came to uh, Ecuador, and they are born and assigned to be shamans, but today they want to be business people. They want to work in computers uh, because there is no money in shamanism. And one of the things that is so important to me is to show them that 
not that there is, there is money, but there is interest in that, that there, there is a future for them in keeping the old tradition of their grandparents um, alive. And uh, that's why the, the shamans and their assistants will get paid well to do that, because I want to make sure that this generation, the new generations will keep on uh, having that, uh, practicing the same as their old uh, grandparents who are all basically on their way out. Mm, it's a beautiful vision, Be- an important part of it, and an important part of manifesting the prophecy. Right? Yes, because yes. the prophecy yes. prophecy needs eagles and condors. We can't have That's no condors. <laughs> but you know that the, the people in uh, in Peru and the people in Ecuador, they see us there, and they want exactly what we have. They want to become Americans, and they if to do that, they cut their hair, they change their clothes, they change their language. They they want to be like us and. It's, we're not going to have condors. Yeah. We, we, need, we need the condors to keep us, and not just as, as people, as a symbol, but we need condors uh, to, to, to teach us how to take care of the earth. You know, uh, we didn't talk about the symbols of what condor and eagle means. The condor is, is an environmental bird and it's a community bird. And we need that teaching. We needed that as a reminder in our society that we, are not, we don't need to be all eagles. So let's, yeah, I know it's just so big. It's just so big. I'm speechless. Anyway, um, it, 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 I sort of gridlocked there for a minute because I was thinking about, well, maybe Trump's doing us a favor because he's showing the world that our system doesn't really work, that our system creates narcissistic sociopaths who have no concern about the world in the next generation. So maybe, maybe that's valuable anyway. But my point is, <laughs> I think it is important for uh, people of the Western world to be able to be honest and open about, you know, frankly, the parts of our culture and our way of life that simply are not working and how hard we are trying to learn other ways uh, because we certainly aren't going to change it by doing the same thing, right? No. We have to do things differently. Yes. And it is important um, to convey that message to the world that we are hope that that the that the sort of trademark American ingen- ingenuity would actually be open to learning how to do these things in vastly different ways so that we end up with a vastly different, you know, sort of global result here. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, I- so – we haven't I, mentioned when yet, Itzhak. We haven't said when the summit is going to be. Oh, uh, June, yeah, June 16th to June 23rd uh, in Ecuador. It's just the time beginning of the equinox in the, in the south, um, in the winter equinox in the, in the south, which is uh, our solstice. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great time to be. The weather is fantastic, and the Andes is always uh, fantastic weather. And one of the things that is so also incredibly uh, telling is that we are doing this in Ecuador uh, on the equator and where the north and the south meet together. It's such a beautiful concept maybe to even think about that, that there is no uh, one p- more powerful than the other. We all share the same line, the the the, the middle of the world. Uh, we are meeting over there in in Ecuador, where the north and the south 
can embrace each other together. And I think that it's such a beautiful vision. And and similarly, it's like it seems to me that that also what you're saying is that this this experience is for everybody, whether you are just just starting to be interested in shamanism, not interested in shamanism at all, but interested in doing things differently, or really experience as a practitioner. It sounds to me like this experience is really designed for all of us. Is that correct? Oh, yes. I mean, you know, uh, when we talk about shamanism, we're really making it a cult. But it's not a cult. It's a way of living. It's a way of, it's a philosophy. It's a way that you see or you carry yourself in the world. And so if you are environmentalist or if you are a, a business person or if you are a lawyer or if you are a shamanic practitioner, it, you're all welcome to come and experience a different way of looking at life, the different way of experiencing life, which is a thing that is so important. Because as I said in the very beginning, we we thought that we have solution for the world and we brought it into a disaster. You talked about Trump and Putin and all of those people. We see that the, 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 the formula that we created for, for the last few hundred years really doesn't make, bring us to any, anywhere close to human or honoring the humanity of all of us. So why don't we listen to people who have a different solution? Why don't we experience it in a different way? Why don't we open our heart to uh, different, uh, different ideas? So I invite everybody to come because it's not to do just with shamanism. It's about healing, healing, the, healing ourselves and healing on the earth. Beautiful. Itzak, thank you. So everybody, you can go to theandesummit.com for lots and lots of information and in in particular for registration all one word the andes summit.com itzak thank you so much for joining us today to share the vision and and all the the real beauty of this this summit that you've created oh thank you for having me and giving me a platform to do that in you know, it's a it's a i don't want to complain but it, it's a it's a it's a beautiful vision, but it's really hard to bring it into being. Uh, it's like a giving a birth, and maybe I need Maria Juana to help me give birth to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well. Oh, you would love her. She is one of the most amazing. I have a video of her on on this uh, on the summit uh, webpage. It's she's the most delightful woman you can ever uh and she's an amazing powerful you know she can grab your hand your legs and pull you up in the air and you you're going to give birth for something <laughs> <laughs> oh itzak thank you so oh, much welcome thank you so much so we give gratitude to our ancestors and to the peoples of the Andes and their ancestral lineage and teaching and their uh, powerful ways that they have held these teachings alive as a living way. We give gratitude to the earth below and the sky above and to the heart that unites us all. Um, I wanted to remind everyone that... Um, Energy Body Mastery, Restoring Your Life's Balance and Vitality, begins April 12th. You can register now at thelastmaskcenter.org. 
uh, homepage. This is the online teachings of the clearing practice and the energy body hygiene that I talk about incessantly on the radio show. And it's the beginning foundational class for the online um, offerings that we have for moving into this deeper work together to affect change in our world. And with that said, those of you that want to come and work in person with me, um, Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self, the beginning of the cycle teachings, has a few spaces left in this year's offering that begins in June, the week before uh, Eat Socks um, and Eat Summit. You could do both this year. <laughs> they're, they're one right after the other. And... Um, like I said, there's a few more spots. You can also register for that at lastmasscenter.org. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.